day, war will come. Certain as night follows the dusk. Humanity simply cannot live in peace. We may hold on to it for a while, but inevitably, enemies arise. And no matter how serene a civilization, someone strong will eventually realize that they are surrounded by soft underbellies and seize power. And when we imagine this to be impossible, we are in grave danger. But not all wars are conquests. Some are fought to free others. And in the slaughter of battle, great acts of heroism and sacrifice rise and stand like beacons in history. How can this be? What does it mean? Is there no peace, no honor, no nobility without war? Is our most violent tendency the only way to awaken certain virtues? Why does war fascinate us when it is fraught with horror? And if there is such a thing as a moral war, what makes it so? My name's Ransom, and you're listening to the ramblings of a revenant alien. Rifle Range Academy. Here, we aim to find the truth. If this is your first time hearing the show, well, I think you picked a good one. Hopefully you'll agree. Find yourself a comfy chair, turn the world down, and come on away with me. Let current events course on by themselves. They'll be fine. You, relax. Set your weapons down and enjoy one man's simple musings and the sizzling strains of the blues. Hope you find some light to take with you on your journey. And if so, hold it high and pass it on. Trying a little bit of a new setup today. New microphone, new space, new flexibility. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I think it'll make things a little bit more lively. A little bit more extemporaneous, if you know what I mean. And well, I think that could be fun. So we'll give it a shot. See how we do. And uh, you can let me know. And now. Let the wild ramble start. I can't think of a more complex topic to dedicate an episode to than war. It generates a thousand tendrils of thought, and I'm not sure which one to follow. But to start, I'll confess 
war, violence, weapons. They've always fascinated me. Now I'll admit that's probably because I've never experienced any of them in a hardcore or first-hand way. I've watched them in movies and played them in video games and written them into stories, but I've never held a weapon of death in my hand and used it to kill someone. And let's not kid ourselves. That's what war is. A clash of wills that results in violence and death. At first glance, war seems like the ultimate failure of humanity. That any war has ever been reveals how broken and degraded we are. And I don't think you can water that down. It remains, despite any good we can find in war. And yet, and yet heroes cannot appear without conflict. Evil cannot be stopped without force. And when a nation goes to war, not for empire, but to defend the powerless and innocent, to drive back marauders and conquistadors, the soldier's sacrifice is rightly seen as noble. And awards are given for valor in battle. How strange. In the midst of a failure of humanity, people can yet reach heights of goodness. Is it really only the most appalling crucible that will force men to lay aside their selfishness and give their lives for those they love? Does it really take that much? Well, not always, of course, but there's a reason wayward men find stability and honor and mission in the military. Life and death will sober you up right quick. I won't be able to cover everything that one could say about war and peace today, but what I do have to say... I hope you find meaningful. And if you are a soldier, and I miss the target wide, if what follows turns out to be only the naive thoughts of the civilian, you have my deepest apologies and my greatest respect. Nothing for it. On we go. that's only to be found on the other side of war. King Arthur, First Knight. Powerful words. Inspiring, stirring, cinematic. But not always true. There was a time I believed these words without reservation and would have quoted them to you as evidence of the necessity of war. But that was before I realized that some wars never end. 
Some conflicts go back millennia, and the only way they'll end, it seems, is if one side is wiped out completely. And as genocide is frowned upon, thank God, it appears these ongoing wars will continue till the sun burns out. There will be no peace on the other side of war when it comes to certain regions of the world and certain antagonisms between certain people groups. There will only be peace through peace. And that is a war that must be fought and won inside the human heart. Ah, but there it is. There is a war to be fought still, and a peace that is only on the other side. And it is absolutely true that certain villainies must be opposed by violent force, and to not oppose them is an evil all its own. As has been said, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And so even good men must sometimes use their hands to hurt and kill in the defense of what is good and innocent and weak. That's the world we live in. It ain't paradise, that's for certain. It's a pitched battle. And as we look at history and current events and global powers vying for supremacy, the quote I started with seems positively quaint. Some wars don't lead to lasting peace, they just lead to more war. But as there will always be war, or a looming war, or a battle that will be fought, it seems the best thing to be is strong, so that when the battle comes, you can meet it. At least then, you might make it to the other side and see if peace is waiting there. But at that point, have you won, or simply survived? I'm not trying to say that evil is not real and clearly so in many situations. I'm just saying there's a greater peace we need than the one we can find through war. God, have mercy. about the wartime atrocities committed by militaries against civilian populations. I want to say right up front that I believe this to be the minority of modern soldiers. I believe that the vast majority of men and women in uniform, at least in the USA, which is my nation, are noble, honorable, kind, selfless, and brave. That they seek to use military power to combat evil and to bring freedom to oppressed people. So if you're a soldier listening to this, please know this part is not about you or your service. It's simply a broad look at the history of war. And that broad look turns up some gruesome and ugly deeds. There's a reason civilians flee when an army's on its way. You got no idea what'll happen. And there are myriad brutalities that may be visited upon you and your loved ones. And that's if you're not a threat. If you're an able-bodied fighting-age man in that situation, you got a grim choice. Fight, flee, or gamble with your life by staying and accepting the power of a force sent to subdue you. A force full of men who may have left their morality at home. What a thing. This is why I don't buy the argument that people are basically good. If we were, I don't think war would exist. How could it? War is humanity set free from societal constraint. 
and to see the results. In war, we are encouraged to do things that are normally capital offenses. And when you cross that line, I have to think it's a moral maelstrom on the other side, and very difficult to rein in your darkest impulses. I'd imagine you'd need a firm band of brothers around you to keep you back from that precipice. Again, none of the soldiers I've ever known strike me as wanton or wicked. But I've only known them on the home front, never in the field. I don't know what I'd do if you handed me the power of life and death over others. I hope I'd stay noble, but I'm not so arrogant to think that's certain. A man set loose is a fearsome thing. And that's... that's stunning. It deserves a long, hard look. Anybody out there ever see the movie 300 from 2006? It's something else, man. It is a testosterone and blood-soaked epic war stravaganza. It most certainly glorifies mortal struggle in the face of overwhelming odds and practically screams that to give one's life in the pursuit of a righteous cause is to be fully, truly alive. I mean, it's over the top. It's silly in places, but it's... I can't help it. I love it. It's typical male wish fulfillment, which is fine. And let me be clear, I'm not trying to denigrate the historical event it's based on, which is a truly staggering and inspiring human story. I actually want to talk about something I read about the male actors who played the Spartan warriors in the movie. See, these guys, to get the physique desired by the director, a nearly unattainable comic book physique, they had to do a workout that was utterly brutal. So brutal, I heard that when the film's fitness coach told them what they'd be doing, one of these guys said, Man, I feel like you just killed my dog. To even complete this workout, another actor said, they had to develop a warrior mindset, which made me sit up and nod my head. I know what he means. I've been an athlete and I've done plenty of hard workouts, and you do need to have a mental anchor to get through them. 
a belief that the pain you're in shall not stop you. Your mind commands your body, despite how much your muscles rebel and scream for relief because you have set your mind on a goal that you can only achieve through the pain. That's the same mindset you need in a mortal struggle. To live, you must win. But it goes deeper than that, especially for the Spartans and the others who fought and died at Thermopylae. See, they knew that no matter how many enemies they killed, it was almost certain that they would not survive. But that didn't make the fight any less worth fighting. It didn't mean their sacrifice was in vain. And I recognize that truth, not just in soldiers and battles, but in families and communities and societies and philosophies and all kinds of endeavors. There are those of us who will struggle against impossible odds and become a statistic and die unknown. But God help us, that doesn't mean we shouldn't fight. And learning to live that truth is a transcendent crucible. One that lately I find myself in, often. And if you do too, you have my prayers. For wisdom, for serenity, and for victory. At the very least, we can be thankful we found a fight worth giving our lives for. Eh? The pain's worth it. It is. So fight on. This war will be fought not on the frontier or on some distant battlefield, but amongst us, amongst our homes. Our children will learn of it with their own eyes, and the innocent will die with the rest of us. Benjamin Martin, The Patriot Inevitably, when war comes, the innocent suffer and die. There's not a whole lot to say to that except perhaps that it's awful and deeply wrong. Countless works of literature and fiction and film have sought to commemorate the suffering of the innocent because we all know it shouldn't happen, but certainly it should not be forgotten. And what makes me lean back and go slack is the fact of how many stories there are just in modern times of war sweeping through and raining blood and death on people, women, Children who were just trying to live their lives, who never hurt anyone, who certainly had no interest in being involved, but were run over nonetheless. Nanking, Srebrenica, Auschwitz, Rwanda, Vietnam, Wounded Knee, and 10,000 other places I don't have time to name but were just as horrible. I don't want to bring down the room, but those things really happened. And somehow the world spins on. Somehow we can sit here in our comfy chairs with our earbuds in and contemplate the horror that has consumed others, but that for most has never touched us. How can that be? How can such darkness occur and the whole world not implode? 
How can anyone ever smile again? It's another great mystery of human existence, how we compartmentalize to survive, how we truly can't fully process everything, how we have to seal off certain facts of reality just to get through the day, just to have joy. And this is why we civilians honor soldiers, because they sacrifice their own peace and lives to defend us. The only reason we can forget about or push away the horrors of war is that we didn't have to go. Except in the cases where war comes to us. Which brings me back around again to the conundrum of innocent people's suffering. It's one of the ultimate questions, right at the center of everything. If good exists, why is there pain? Got me, man. Can I say, though, that this is the dilemma that should bring us together? We all live under the specter of these things. You'd think we'd circle the wagons and try to take care of this as a team. But that's clearly impossible. We're too divided, too broken, too selfish, too fearful, too suspicious. All of these lead to war, and thus more innocence suffering. And so with sadness, I have to point out that the enemy is us. Even as thousands upon thousands of people and organizations work to alleviate the suffering of the innocent, just remember, we're trying to solve a human problem that was created by humans. God, it keeps me up at night. It makes me hug my kids and wife a little tighter. And it makes me pray and keeps me kind. The horror might come for me someday, but I can't think about it too much or I'll miss out on all the good in my hands. All right, moving on. ask the awkward question? Is war the fault of dudes? Tallywhackers and testosterone? Chest-thumping, trash-talking, member-measuring hyper-masculinity? I mean, you can't ignore the fact that historically men, by the numbers, like to fight. Like to prove themselves. Like to feel strong and be seen that way and be respected and or feared. And when they are disrespected, they confront. And if they are not appeased, they attack. I keep saying they. Uh, Maybe I should say we. But I don't speak for all men. And I'd say I like to fight less than the average guy. But leaving that aside, I suppose the thought nugget I'm digging out here goes like this. If the masculine impulse leads to war, and war leads to horror and atrocity and agony and the suffering of the innocent, what does that mean about masculinity? And how we should define it and treat it and encourage or discourage it? Now, I'll say right away, I think masculinity is good 
in its proper form, it is a blessing to those in its shade. Another great quote from that movie, First Night. God makes us strong only for a while, so that we may serve one another. Men's strength, in whatever degree or specific skill set, is a gift to the world. Or should be. Even competitiveness, when not polluted by hatred and pride, creates many positive things. So if I had to draw a conclusion, I'd say much of war throughout history has been masculinity run amok, where the need to be respected as autonomous, as an authority, turns into a drive to punish and kill and conquer those who do not respect you or acknowledge that authority. And this definitely applies to women too, although the weapons they use and their specific motivations might differ. It comes back to distrust and fear. We fear losing autonomy or resources, or influence, or power, and so we attack. Or, as certain men throughout history have done, I'm looking at you, Vikings. We simply wish to dominate and take, because we can, and so we do. This seems to be the nature of man. A truly unsolvable dilemma. We cannot coexist without at some point coming to combat. And something about that is clearly wrong. And yet, on a micro level, conflict creates growth. Struggle creates strength. Pain creates good. So despite how terrible war is, are there times when it's the right thing? Are there times where violence is justified, where deadly force is demanded of us, and where pacifism is wickedness? answer to the question above, I think, is yes. There are times when violent action is called for, when it is the duty of the strong to protect the vulnerable, the duty of a government to protect its citizens, for a father or mother to protect the children. See, I'm not naturally a violent man, but if you enter my home and come after my kids or my wife, at that point it's me or you, so help me God. That's the one situation where I can easily imagine myself ending someone's life. As much as I would hate to do it. As much as I would lose sleep over it. But in my humble opinion, once a human has stepped outside morality and set out to kill or violate, they have abdicated their right to exist unmolested. They have, so to speak, stepped down range. And they have called down horrifying consequences on themselves for which they bear the blame. And I do think that extends to the macro, as sad as it is when nations go to war. And what's hard is that no war is completely moral. There is always collateral damage. There's always friendly fire. There's always injustice and oppression and atrocity, no matter how high the ideals. And indeed, people killing each other, for whatever reason, is always appalling, even when justified. Would to God we could rid the world of war, 
of killing, of death, of evil of all kinds. But we can't. We have to operate with those realities in mind. And so war will always remain a possibility as long as the world spins on its axis. The best we can do is avoid it where possible. Eschew conquest, certainly. But be ready to fight, even to kill, to protect what is good and stop what is evil. I know I might be wrong about that, and that's one of the reasons I hope in an absolution that I could never earn that covers all the mistakes I'm inevitably making. And were I ever to be forced into war, I'm sure it would refine my perspective. Whether it would change it, I don't know. Here I only offer my humble opinion and remain thankful that I've been entrusted with the gift of peace. And I seek to use it well. last mystery still occupies me in all this. Peace is a beautiful thing, but it tends to produce decadence, historically. When there is no struggle, no fight for a goal or victory, we become consumed with leisure, with pleasure, with frivolity. We become bored. We look for enemies. We look for a fight or start one because we just can't seem to exist at rest. We seem to need resistance to drive us to action. We seem to be caught in an unseen war, inside us and around us. We need a mission. We need marching orders. We need something to sacrifice for, whether it's family, work, friends, God, hobbies. We always find something to fight for outside ourselves. And without that, we go soft and eventually wither. What does that say? about the nature of reality, especially for a person of faith like me. If this is the best of all possible worlds, does then the best reality require a war, an ultimate one, waged in many forms, pushing toward one ultimate victory? It's a fascinating and somewhat horrifying thought. Honestly, I can express it, but I can't contain it. And I can look at it, but I can't see the edges, and I can't see inside. There are things we humans will never be able to grasp, not fully. We interact with them from our ignorance and finitude, experiencing only flashes of insight, after much thought and often pain. What sort of world is this? How are we such numinous and carnal beings that we can create transcendent beauty and yet still engage in bloody, grisly battle. Why do we need a struggle? Why can't we just accept peace? And if peace is as yet a distant future, how do we become the warriors we need to be? How do we know what or who or how to fight? And do we need some sort of war, even metaphorically, to cultivate certain virtues? Yeah, these are lifelong questions. Worth digging into, So far, it feels like all I've done is dig. I have this feeling there may be no bottom. Not that I can reach with my human mind. But you know me. I see signs pointing the way. 
and I hope you do too. In the meantime, friends, fight the good fight, seek peace, and struggle well. May the virtues of the warrior permeate your life, and may you win victory on behalf of those you love. Strength and honor. That's all for now, my friends. Thanks for joining me on the range. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and share. But most importantly, rate and review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps the show find its way to those that'll enjoy it. If you want to reach out to me, you can drop me a line using RevenantAlien.com slash contact, or I'm on Twitter at ARevenantAlien, where I share excerpts from past shows and try to make your feed a more interesting place. If you want to support the show, head on over to RevenantAlien.com slash support and follow the link to my anchor page. And for those looking for a war worth fighting and a lasting peace, take a look at RevenantAlien.com slash searchers. May it bring you hope and victory. Don't be a stranger. Godspeed. And I'll see you out there. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.